Hi guys, again, I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. We're here for a part two of The Color Purple because mm-hmm. she deserves more than one episode. If anybody deserves mm-hmm. more than one episode. Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg, Oprah, and Alice Walker get a double. So how have you been since we spoke, Molly? It's only been a few days. Honestly, I don't know why I'm acting like I haven't been texting you. <laughs> Literally from like the second that we ended recording to maybe this morning I've been sick. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the kids are out here just <laughs> biological weapons. It's it's just, oh, it's just, it's it's rough. Like these daycare colds are no joke. Like I just, they I just feel sick. Them right off. They just, yeah, he was sick. Like, you know, he had a little bit of a fever. The next day he was a little bit under the weather. He was fine. I... I've been like very sick in bed, not able to leave. I tried to work on, what was it, uh, Wednesday after taking two days off. I get on my one-on-one with my boss. She's like, ooh, you look a little. I was like, you can say it. I look a little rough. And my husband, <laughs> you can say it. It's okay. My husband yelled at me. He was like, you better get out of that bed and sleep. I was like, okay. And then. Did he, did he get sick? Yes, he did. So he was going up okay. this morning. Aww. So it has oh, been you said that. That's right. literally from literally because we finished part one Sunday night, Monday morning. I couldn't get out of bed and now it's Sunday oh, again. I'm so sorry. Ugh, so the audacity. So that's why we got a little <laughs> flagged. I think we were sick and didn't even know it, but we're back. We're going to bring you our second one. This is our anniversary episode. So we had mm-hmm. to do it. We had to go all out. We had to. So mm-hmm. we will do details of a giveaway at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. So because mm-hmm. we want to mm-hmm. celebrate, you know, those listen- you all who have been listening with us for how many years did we say now? Six, six years. Six years. If this podcast were a baby, it'd be in first grade. So. Oh, <laughs> little baby. Don't get sick, little baby. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. I was like, ooh, how old would that thing be if it was a person? But, um. Yeah, so we did our first episode, and as we said in the first episode, we're talking about the book and the movie concurrently. We're not doing one or the other. We're just going through the plot. And so in our first episode, which you can listen to, we will have it linked in the episode notes, um, we got up to the juke joint fight Mm -hmm. where Sophia knocked out Squeak, Harpo's new girl. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a good transition to get into our girl Sophia and... How she struggled. Oh, she got Sophia done dirty. Struggle. Sophia got done dirty. Like, she was the most fun character. I loved all of her sisters. Like, if Alice Walker wanted to come out and give us another book just about Sophia and her sisters, like these big old sisters she has, and how they just mm-hmm. swooped up and they all look after each other, I would be here for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Sophia had to suffer. She did, because she was just too proud. Yep. So after after she knocks Squeak through that hole, or which knocks is, her teeth out, <laughs> depending on which medium you're following, she and her new man, the prize fighter, going around. They're in his nice new car with all the kids, mm-hmm. and this 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 was a rough scene. Like this it, was a hard sequence. Mm-hmm. I paused the movie and I was like, I need a break. I mean, I I'm like, get up and walk around because I know what's going <laughs> next. Um, so this, this white woman, Millie, comes up and she's just like touching on Sophia's kids, just touching mm-hmm. the faces, touching their hair. Pet and she's 
petting them, petting them. She's like, ooh, I just love these little Negro children. And Sophia, you can see she's like, mm, mm. And so, like, they're standing outside, like, they got the nice car, they got nice clothes on, everything. And so Billy fixes her mouth and say, like, ooh, you are all so clean. Would you like to come work for me and be my maid? And how does she respond, Danielle? She's just like, hell no. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, what did you say? And that old-timey, you know what I mean? Like, old-timey race. Right. What did you say? Gal? They use gal a lot in the movie. And I was like, ooh. 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 Um, so, uh, Sophia gets into an altercation. Now, is this that guy the mayor? Who is he? He's the mayor, he's the and mayor. Billy is the mayor's the wife. Mayor's she wife. says, he's like, what did you say? And she repeats, she repeats it. She's it. like, I said, hell no. So, so then the man comes in, mm-hmm. and in the movie, he asks her a question, and she starts talking, and he, like, slaps her mm-hmm. hard. And it's a callback. No, they never said this line in the movie. They only said it in the book. It's like, you know what happens when someone hits right. And, yes, because of the... And it's such great Yes, line. it is a great line because in the in the book, like they tell, you know, since it's that close, close um, to um, narration to uh, Seely, we learn it with Seely. So they're telling Seely and they're like, ah, oh, Seely, you know what the fuck happened next? And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> We, we all, all know what happens if someone hits Sophia. So she knocks him the fuck out. And then this scene was like pretty scary, especially in the movie. Like the, all the white people are like uh-huh. swarming her. And she's like, get my children out of here. Get my children out of here. And I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, no. It's It was really hard to see. And then it ends in the movie with just someone punching her mm-hmm. and her falling out. But in the book, she's like, and I guess she is in the movie too, mm-hmm. but they don't show it. But yeah. she's like beaten. Yeah, beaten half to death, jailed. Celia them run over to clean her up and basically save her life because they were just going to uh-huh. let her rot. Um, and then this starts like the long song of Sophia and Millie and, yeah. because and the mayor's family. Yeah, because she's in jail for a little bit, right? I think she's, she's... She's in jail long enough for them to be like, she's dying in there. She's going crazy. We have to figure out a way to get her out. Yeah, she's in there for some years, and I think the whole ordeal is like eight years or something. Mm-hmm. She got a long sentence, mm-hmm. and so they come up with this plan. In the book, I'm sitting here trying to follow how who's related to what. Yeah, it was confusing, but then they do squeak wrong too, because <laughs> this is not in the movie at all. Like it isn't, Mm-mm. not at all. They decide because I guess squeak is the fairest. Um, and they make this joke about how like every white person has some kind of black relative. They got some black family. Well, I think so they're, they're like... saying like, cause they bring this up a little bit. The sheriff has black family members. Mm-hmm. And so squeak is related to him through like her uncle or something. And she's like, Oh, I remember he used to come around the house. He gave me a nickel when I was a kid. Like it was, it's kind of an open secret that they kind of hint at throughout the book. Yeah. Um, and they tell like Sophia, oh, push your greasy hair up, and they're like, "Yep, you look like him." <laughs> and so they like dress her up and they send her over there, and she comes back beaten and bloody too, beaten and, and assaulted. Yeah, yeah, because they're like, "Oh, uh, uh, go pretend like um, it was kind of a harebrained scheme." They were like, "Go say it was." It really was. Go say like you're glad Sophia, that bitch is in jail. Now you could be with uh Harpo, Harpo. and don't you know, cause we're kin, we're kin. 
Um, and so she goes and he's like, oh, well, we can't be kid because I would never rape my niece. And, it's like, and then he rapes her and it's like, what kind of fuck? What, what subplot was this? Exactly. <laughs> because she ends up it does it must somehow work because she does end mm-hmm. up working for miss millie and the mm-hmm. mayor but i feel like the movie is just like yeah we just we're gone. just gonna we don't have enough time to get <laughs> into all that and it's kind of like oh okay yeah and, and i feel like squeak or mary agnes yes that's true has more of an arc in the book she does. She's a much more fleshed out character. That's to sing. She goes to Panama. She's getting high. Uh, her and uh, Sophia and Harpo are in kind of like a poly kind of like uh, relationship. Taking, care, Taking of care of each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. each other, each other's kids. Trading Harpo back and forth. <laughs> and I think uh, and the singing thing in the book didn't feel so because like in the movie it kind of comes out of left field mm-hmm. it's like okay so squeak's gonna become a singer now yeah but in the movie they, or in the book they drop that you know squeak takes up singing and at first her voice is not all that great but later people like she has a voice people really like to listen uh-huh. to and it's different and it's distinct uh-huh. and so it's kind of her finding her and it's suge again suge who comes and kind of helps her like yeah you should sing mary mm-hmm. agnes sing and she's like, who wants to hear me sing? She's like, lots of people. And so it's Suge who does the work and gets her to sing and mm-hmm. kind of and they, cultivates that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that whole, we're getting to a point where the book and the movie really diverge. Yes. <coughs> and I feel like Especially it's... Especially with these side characters. Yes. I feel like it's, it's, you know, after what happens when Celie confronts Mr. Um, at the... Uh, I don't know if it's Thanksgiving or something. It's it does look like Thanksgiving. There's a turkey. That's all. There's I know. a turkey, but I I don't know. I I don't know when people be eating turkeys. Like, <laughs> Chris, it was sometime. There's a scene with Christmas and Billy in the car, and honestly, an Easter and Easter. And... Because Grady and Mister, <laughs> not Grady. Yeah, it is Grady. Grady and Mister, <laughs> with those eggs. Oh yeah, with the egg. They're getting drunk and like making eggs and everything and we'll get to that <laughs> um essentially like the important parts are um Shug and Seely find the letters that Nettie yes. has been writing so that's actually it that le- that's actually the eggs so mm-hmm. Grady it's Easter mm-hmm. Grady and Mister are painting eggs <laughs> and drinking just drunk and I would say I like Grady I really like Grady I like Grady, Grady in the movie me. I did not yes. like Grady in the book. Well, he's barely a character. In the okay, book, but, but he Grady runs off with Squeak. He's running around behind. Oh, that's right. Well, I feel like I feel like Suge was. Like, I don't oh, feel like something. she can't. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like he wasn't given a lot. But when he started, like, we'll get to it. That, that last. last scene. Okay, that last scene is hilarious. <laughs> I love Grady, um, but Grady and Mister are like painting not even hard boiled eggs, which I'm like, that seems bad, but they're painting these eggs and getting drunk. And then they like, just go off out into a field. Just drunk, drunk. talking about like sleeping with Suge and they're just having a good ass time. And at some point before that, I think Suge, is that the book? See, now I don't even know. But at some point before that, Suge has gone out to check the mail Mm -hmm. and she discovers that there's a letter for Mm -hmm. Celie. So they decide while the two men are out getting drunk, they're going to find, they're going to search Mr.'s belongings to see that they can find the rest of her notes. Because in the letter, 
Nettie says that she only writes, she's written tons of letters mm-hmm. before, but because she never got a respond back, response back, she now only writes like around the big mm-hmm. holidays, like once a year, a couple times a year around the big mm-hmm. holidays. So they go off to tear through Mr. Stuff. They find his porn stash, which shook has a great line. Like she looks at it and she's like, that don't even look like me. (laughs) She's not mad. She's disappointed. They find some like vials. I don't, I don't not understand old timey drugs enough to understand what was in those vials. I don't know, like, is it, are they hinting that he's got, like, heroin? I mean, it looked like what what. they were doing in, um, in Ray. (laughs) Remember when he walks in and, uh, (laughs) Fathead's like, this ain't for you, Ray. (laughs) 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 That was old timey drugs and a little leather pouch. I'm surprised we didn't see an old syringe, refillable syringe. And I'm trying to think what else. It was mainly the hilarious old timey porn and the drugs. You're right. That was mm-hmm. that was Mr. Stash. And like, a bunch of money. Yes. And bonds. So like mm-hmm. I kept sitting there watching the movie, I was like, they're gonna have to clean all that up, but he's gonna know. But um <laughs> But it ain't not in. Yeah. <laughs> they find a big stack of letters from Nettie and uh-huh. we learn, Celie learns, we kinda probably figured that no, we don't get the letters at that point. Never mind. But we learned that Nettie had been writing Celie almost as soon as she left. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so then we learn what happened to Nettie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. This is my least favorite part of the book. <laughs> I skipped several of these letters. <laughs> like, I got the gist of them. But when she started going into Samuel, the wife, and this and that, I was like, okay, I need a, uh, you know, I got a deadline. I got to get through this. <laughs> I read all of them mm-hmm. and I I get it and like I just was like it's a it's a completely different book almost mm-hmm. and it's introducing so many different and it feels almost tonally completely different because yeah. it's it's dealing you're in Africa it's dealing with colonialism and a whole other big topic and it's like I I can't it's too much I was I was jiving over here in you know North Carolina I can't deal with with you know the white people in Africa and tearing down small well small well-meaning villages. Wait, are they in North Carolina? I thought they were in Georgia. Oh, I thought they were in North Carolina. I, I don't know where they are. They were. Maybe I don't know. They all I know is they filmed in one and then they pretended it was the other. I feel so. like Mister was reading a newspaper that said Atlanta. I was like, this Atlanta. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. I could. I'm sure someone will tell us. They're in the south. They're in the south. <laughs> That's really <laughs> all we need to know. But um, so the I think the only like the big thing we're supposed to get from Nettie's whole thing, it's Alice, it's Walker talking about like you know colonialism in Africa. Nettie has traveled to Africa with the with the rich missionary <laughs> Seely Sitter after, who can we just say very? I mean, I guess they explain it very kindly took her on. But at first, I was like, can you imagine some random? Yeah, I was like I heard y'all got money. And we talked about <laughs> this a little bit more the movie versus the book because in the book yes it makes a lot of sense if like you got these two kids just came out of nowhere your old drinking buddy gave them to you and now this yes. little girl shows up who was living at his house looks just like the kids it looks alive. she's running from this man that you just say okay you you come on like that to me yeah. i was like okay that actually makes a whole lot of sense because in the movie it's just like she just kind of shows up they're like okay what up yeah and they're like oh god did it or something and I still feel like, well, I need some kind of explanation. Yeah. But they travel to Africa with 
I forgot. Adam. Oh, the kid. Oh. Well, I mean that. I mean the tribe. Oh, the Olena, I think. Yes. Okay. Yes. And they travel and they go to the Alina and they live amongst them. And I kind of like how they know they're just, they will get to that, but that's a different point. But they travel among the Alina and they live with them and they're missionaries. And eventually this giant road gets uh-huh. built and it gets built. And when it stops in front of the village, the village celebrates, they reward the, the, the builders, the contractors, it's all great. And then the next day they go back to building mm-hmm. the road and basically the village gets destroyed because of um, it's been bought by some rubber makers, a rubber making mm-hmm. company. They get displaced. They go to a part of land that is nowhere near as fertile, doesn't have as much water. And it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it sucks. It's, you know, white people, it's black people getting screwed over in America uh-huh. and Africa. I do like the bit where I think it's like Samuel talking to um, Nettie about how like, you know, when I was growing up and I would hear my aunts and her friends talking about their grand adventures, I always laughed because it was always the most mundane things. And he's like, now look at me now. I'm old. And I, what have I done? Done nothing but be, you know, be tolerated by some, by people who don't even want me here. Mm-hmm. What do I have to show for it? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that kind of, okay, Samuel. Like Nettie that. went through a lot too. We don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Nettie was running for but, her life. Exactly. <laughs> just picture her sitting there for this conversation <laughs> she's like okay but that's just, I liked how it was done in the movie a lot more than I that. actually really liked how it was done in the movie too like they're showing I liked how like Nettie keeps imagining her sister like how she last t- saw her again in that mm-hmm. dress at mm-hmm. the same age kind of enact, reenacting what's going on with the letters mm-hmm. um, imagining what her children look like what is mm-hmm. it Tasha or Tashi 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 um, and then it's kind of cut in with you know her trying to live life mm-hmm. still with mister um, and then like you know you feel it ramp it up you feel it ramp it up because they're going to scar their faces yes. um, which was a bigger point in the book but in yes. the movie you don't get like the background of what's going on um, yes. <clears throat> and then right when they're about to cut her son like Mr. Cousin just knocks her the fuck out. <laughs> like, oh gosh, she's like bleeding. Yeah. I was also just gonna say, I just like I think in the movie it doesn't completely forget about Celie. Like the letters. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess they do in the book, but like you can see how she uses them as escape. Yeah. She's catching up. She's reading them in church. She's like picturing what's going on, and it kind of harkens harkens back to when Nettie taught her how to read. Yeah. That was another scene. I don't know if we talked about it much, but like when. Nettie um, pins all those words oh, mm-hmm. written in wax paper all around the house to teach Celie to read. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was sweet. So I thought that whole relationship with them learning to read together was sweet. And it kind of goes back to that reading, you know, what Nettie, Nettie's still teaching mm-hmm. her and sending her letters through or sending her stories through words mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's a very good point. So, but yeah, so she knocks her the fuck out. Let's get to it. <laughs> Unlike... I, like, I don't know, man. You know he's a bastard. But she's just laying in the dirt. It's like, ain't you tired of beating on her yet? I mean, shit, it's been like 30 fucking years at this point. <laughs> and then Suge tell you, like, hey, maybe quit right. that shit? Everyone's been telling you it's bad. But um, this this hit, though, may have been a hit it was too a hit far. too far. Because, like, Celie done been done doing some reading. She's mad about the fact that her mm-hmm. letters were hid. So 
I will say this. He hits on a woman. He hits on her way too much to also ask her to shave. That is true. He, and to cook his food. I'm going to go that. That is say true. That, too. that is, that is a very, that's a good ass point. Cause he's like, you can't be- <laughs> now come shave me with this straight exactly. uh, razor uh, on this porch in the middle of fucking nowhere. Where if I just died and you fed me the hogs, no one would know. No one would get know. up on that I'm porch, like, girl. Because <laughs> I just thought it was ridiculous. Like you can't knock her the fuck out and then be like, "Come shave even me." Even like, even if you weren't like worried about her killing you, I mean, you need a steady hand. She can't have no head injury. <laughs> You're only screwing yourself over with right. This. Also, in the in the book, like she just loves cutting hair. I just wanted to put that yes. aside. Like she just said, I just love cutting hair. So. <laughs> and like, yeah. And I guess though, it's easier to do an, a murder attempt with a razor than a pair of scissors. Yeah. So Shug is sitting out by a creek or some something, just enjoying herself. She's doing something very idyllic. She's like painting like, her nails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking in the countryside. And she's like, by a river. oh shit. She's about to murder Mr. The kids run past. Like some of the badass kids run past, and then she just looks up. She just knows. She just knows that Celia's had a fucking enough. So, um, uh-huh. because I thought they said something that like that's what lets her on. It was about the mail something, or something. Something. I hear. Yeah. But anyway, you're right. Because they they really do ramp up the tension. Because like, all we know is like I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's killing me. They do. It's the kids. They say something. They say something about how Celia's shaving them yeah. or something shaving mister and she knows she's like she's oh like, shit oh, this shit. is it <laughs> this is it and so you have her her racing to get to uh-huh. the house and Celie just like rasping the yep. razor against the sharpen it against yeah the leather strap and then putting the foam on yep and he's still talking shit the, the whole time. fucking time this man won't quit <laughs> ain't that razor sharp enough yet and she and then Whoopi looks up and it's like, oh, it's sharp yeah. enough. She comes and she goes and she is about to about to kill him. We never really know. I think she would have done just... it. I think she had had enough. <laughs> She's like, shit. Me and Sophia can go share a cot. Because <laughs> it is a callback to a scene from Young Sophia uh-huh. where he's like, and I don't know if we touched on that very much when it happened, but. Mm. When she first gets there, that's one of the first jobs he has. And he's do, like, if you cut him. me, I'll kill you. And I thought at the same time, I was like, that's not a, a way to get a nice close shave. <laughs> I thought like, well, how would you be able to? <laughs> if she got you at just the right point. If I get you deep enough, yeah, like, like, you don't have to I can outrun you. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just so thought she stops her. She did. She stopped her. She said, ooh, Miss Celia, that razor doesn't look sharp enough. Yeah. And Celia is like, you got me. I was, was going to do it. <laughs> do you think Mr. knew how close he came? Or do you think he was just confused? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at his face and everything. Yeah. Because I feel like it could have gone like like he suspected something was off. Yes. Yeah. But then at the same time, he's like, I don't care. It's Celia. What's she going to do? I know. He's still he's talking a lot of shit for someone who had absolutely no threats so right no worries so maybe not i don't know i mean ugh. anyway so so then we get the big scene with them all sitting around eating i love the scene so i liked is... it oh go ahead 
I was just gonna say I liked the dialogue in the book better, mm-hmm. but I think the movie scene. I guess because I saw it, but I guess the movie. I liked the movie scene. I think it was a bit more. It it felt more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little movie, snappier. The, I like both. Yeah. <laughs> they both had their strengths, like you said. Uh, yeah. They're all sitting around Sophia, uh, Shug, Seely, all the kids, Squeak, Mr. Yep. Old Mr. Oh <laughs> and Grady. Oh, his shit's turning ass. His shit's turning ass. Smoking at the dinner table. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We did forget one little thing that? that was in the book and the movie. Before we get into it, you said Sophia, and it reminded me of Sophia's Christmas. Oh, yeah. Where... Sophia, this made me so mad. Ugh. Everything about Miss Millie just pissed me the fuck off. Where she's like, I'm gonna, she gets a new car. Mm-hmm. She can't fucking drive it. And I'm like, I guess it is a stick shift. And I can't drive a stick shift either, so I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, what? Why did I not put it in reverse? Ugh. And um, Sophia has to drive her all around town. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, for Christmas, I'm gonna drive you home to your family. And you can stay the whole day. Because it's been, what, eight years? Eight years. Five years? Yeah. Yeah. So she's seen her kids. Her kids don't even know who she is. Yeah. <laughs> and they go. Um, Sophia walks in. They're like, oh, mom, everybody's crying. The little girl's hugging her. She's just about to take her scarf off. She's calling her Miss Sophia, though, which made me yeah, sad. Yeah, sad. Imagine if your, your kid was calling you, hello, Miss Oh, I cry. I cry. I know. Um, yeah, all the seasons of Sophia were hard to watch. Um, yeah. But then somebody says, and I'm not sure if they say this in the book or the movie, but they're like, that white lady's still out there. <laughs> well, she's in the movie. She's try. She's driving around. She's got like six, six grown men trying to stop trying her. To yeah, her. from killing yeah. herself. She's she's about to hit a tree. She's swinging around. There's a lot of noise. And I think something like either she hits something or there's a loud noise. I think she backs into brings, a tree. Yeah. And it brings everyone out on the porch. And then in the movie, she sort of alludes that the men were trying to assault yeah. her, which holy shit, Miss yeah. Millie, calm the fuck down. And in the book, she's just like, I can't put it in reverse. Yeah. And she just, she's flailing all around. She's crying. She's like, we got to go home. Sophia just puts her mm-hmm. scarf back on and then they leave it. It's like the saddest scene. It is. She got to spend all of 15 yeah. minutes. And I feel like in the movie, she kind of planned. Like, I feel like in the book, it actually, I mean, she's shit either way. I'm not, I'm not a Miss Millie apologist. I want to make that uh-huh. clear right now. Not here for that. But it feels like in the book, it actually was like her own incompetence that had it. Like she really did mean to leave Sophia there and then come back, but she couldn't yeah. turn around. And then when they offered, she's like, well, you know, James or <coughs> is it? Yeah. Is his husband? Is it James? She was like, James can drive you. She's like, well, I can't ride with Negro a man. Negro man. And she's like, she's well, like, well, I, don't know her she's like I don't know her she's either. Like you. So then yeah. it ends up Sophia driving her back where in the film, it almost feels like she had absolutely no plans of leaving Sophia there. Oh, you, really? You think so? I just got that feeling from the way, like, she was driving all crazy, the way she acted when the men came around. Like, it yeah, just I feel, malicious. I do feel like the movie made her more comical. But like, I just feel like I'm like, there's nothing funny about this bullshit. Yeah, because like, like she's like driving, she's like ah, 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 hitting stuff and shit, and people jumping out of the way. Yeah, she, like that, that woman is a is, is a menace. And they cut out 
a bunch of stuff with like her family, her kids. Oh, I'm going to say I skipped a lot of that shit too. <laughs> well, the only relevant part of it, the only thing I think was worth of it, it goes back to Sophia's family and how, uh-huh. how Millie's daughter uh-huh. loves Sophia because Sophia was always there and blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. And she brings her little son. And she's like, don't you just think he's the best? And she keeps trying to get Sophia to tell him how much she loves her son. And Sophia's like... Well, even before that, when she's little, like you see her oh, trying yeah. to help Sophia yeah. out. But Sophia's kind of like, I'm still sleeping under the house like a fucking dog. Like, right, I still yeah. can't see my kids. And I right. think it like, that was like a play on this like mammy, you know, character. Exactly. It's like, oh, she just loves the white children. And Sophia's like, I don't give a fuck about these kids. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what she tells him when she's an adult. She's like, yeah. I don't love your little boy because I don't know your little boy and I don't care. I got my own children. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I think she even says like, y'all made my life. Or maybe that was Seely. Maybe I'm mixing up Seely. Yes, y'all that's, why, that's why I wanted to pivot because it it, it mimics a scene that scene where they're sitting at the table and mm-hmm. Seely finally comes into her own and she's like, uh, you know, I think this is probably the best scene, at least in the movie. The it's most the satisfying. Scene. It's the scene. Um, yeah, especially when it ends on that line. The yes. B line. Yeah. Um, so they're all sitting around. Sophia is there. Um, and she's kind of like real quiet. She's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And Celia gets up. She's like, fuck this. She's like, Mr. Well, fuck you. Fuck your badass kid. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with Suge saying she's leaving. Uh-huh. And Celia's going with her. Uh-huh. And Mr. Like, still... Still acting like a jackass. <laughs> like, oh, what's uh-huh. he gonna do? And um, a small but important difference in the book versus the movie. In the movie, she holds the knife up to his throat, right? In the book, she <laughs> she stabs his hand. <laughs> like she cuts him in the butt. <laughs> She's like, Fuck this. she gets some blood. She gets, some, she gets her blood in the. <clears throat> and both though, she said, like, I found the letters, and that's just what he kind of like comes to. He's like, oh shit, like I've been found out. And like the well, she's like you are. She she she's saying she's like because you're a low down dirty right. dog, and that gets everybody to shut right. up. Right, and I love. And she, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, and that's when it goes into like she knows about mm-hmm. the letters. Oh, because at one point, no, what happens? Because she's oh, she says I'm going with. He's like, what you gonna do? Cleaner? You ain't fit to be nothing but her maid. Cleaner, slop, blah blah blah. And then like instead of answering, she goes, any more letters arrive? Mm-hmm. And he goes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like she's scene. like you know I know all about the kids my favorite line of that probably my favorite line of the whole book uh when she says uh you know my children are gonna come back and my sister my family and we're all gonna beat the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> and I love the, but yeah, that she- line that she's just like like she's not in a especially given what happens later especially in the book like she's not in a remorseful place she's like no, my mm-hmm. kids have been in Africa getting all that clean air, running and shit, growing up strong. Learning multiple languages. And they're gonna come with their big old lungs and just gonna curb stop you. <laughs> I like when going back when she says, Y'all were some badass yeah. kids and she talks about how how if it wasn't for maybe Mr. he Oh, what is old Mister? Yeah, old Mister is like, you gonna sit here at the table and let them insult you? Yeah, hey, I thought you mm. were the man. He was like, 
he's a man or something. He's like, he could have been a better one if it mm-hmm. weren't for you, him and Harpo. Harpo ain't nothing <laughs> either. And Harpo's like, <laughs> right. And because she says, and she's like, yeah. shut up. If you hadn't been trying to beat yep, Sophia, the white people, none of that would have got her. And that's when Sophia starts laughing. Everybody's like, oh shit. And Sophia has her piece. And then this comes out of nowhere in the movie. They're like, we're not the only ones leaving. And then Squeak jumps up. She's like, I'll leave her too. <laughs> she does. She's like, hell, I'm out of here too. They took one. A, they took a line from Sophia mm. that made me kind of mad. Which was, um, when um when Celie's like, if you hadn't been trying to strong arm Sophia, none of that would have mm. happened. And Harpo says something like, that's a lie. And then Sophia goes, there's some truth to it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and then it's like, and then everybody starts laughing, mm-hmm. and that's when she, like, apparently it's bad luck to laugh. He says it to Squeak. Don't you know it's bad luck to laugh at a man? And then <laughs> Sophia's like, I had a lifetime's worth of bad luck. I can laugh yeah. at whoever the fuck I want. And then she's on, I guess, like, seeing Celie find hers helps Sophia find her peace. Because she's kind of like, by the end of the dinner, she's yeah, even she's like, oh, eating. Sophia's home. Yep. She's like, she's I'm t- back, baby. She's telling that old man to hush up. Like, why are you right. starting shit? It's just a great scene, both in the book and the and the movie. <laughs> so then um, they go out, and Grady's the only one. He's like, <laughs> he just opens the door back up. He's like, nice to meet y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. So they go out in the car, and Mr. follows <laughs> him out to the road. And he's like, you'll be back. Uh-huh. You'll be back. You can't survive without me. What you gonna do? And she... Does the thing. That famous, she does the thing with her hand. Because he's about to slap her again. Yep. And she's like, everything, you are, everything you've done to me has already been done to you. Yep. She's like, everything, uh, until you do right by me, everything, what is it? Everything you try to do will fail. Yeah. Like, she, she curses him. She straight up curses him. She straight up curses him. The hand between the hand, the hand and the, and the, the incantation, and really, especially in the in the movie, this is the first time like we really see Whoopi like speak it up and speak it out. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really the first like dialogue that we get from um, a uh, monologue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not like you know mm-hmm. just a little quick thing here, a little quick thing there, just like observing silently or being like kind of a watcher like mm-hmm. this is her like really showing up and it's mm-hmm. to curse mister which I approve of and then as they're driving off because mister had insulted her calling her all kinds of names yeah she says I she might says, be uh, I might be poor I might be black I might even be ugly but I'm here mm-hmm. and it's just great I'm here and then they just drive off. I'm like, that's a scene. That, that is, is a, a scene. movie that's scene. That's a scene. So. Yeah. And so she drives, she drives off. off. And this, I think, is probably the biggest departure um, in terms yes. of plot from the book and the movie. Yes. Um, yes. Lots of stuff Lots happens. of stuff happens in the book, but <laughs> does not happen I in the movie. I forgot. I was like, this book's still going. The book goes on. So they go. Yes. They go to. Uh, where did they go? What city? Memphis. Memphis. They to Shug's house. Shug got a nice house. Shug's like, y'all can mm-hmm. stay here. They fucking, they having a good time. They're getting high. <laughs> Grady eating, eating. planning houses, <coughs> making pants. Like they are just living, singing. Uh, 
Yes, this is when she starts sewing. I mm-hmm, forgot about that. Because mm-hmm. they're like, and I, it's in the book, but it's not as the thread doesn't come all the way through. I feel like, like it is, it's in the movie, but the book I think makes the thread more explicit. That I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> she's like, oh, I used to sew here. I used to do a little bit there, but now they're. She's like making all these pants. You're making pants for everybody. Yes. Just go pants crazy. Um. Uh-huh. Which, which I guess kind of fits in, like if you think about the history of like women yeah. in pants and what they represent for. Uh, I get it. Like, of course, she's gonna find her freedom making mm-hmm. pants for people. There's some wild prints in the movie. They definitely are. But I like how she's like, they don't wrinkle. <laughs> one size fits all. You could dress them up. You could dress them down. Like these are pants, and, and she does very well for herself. I feel like we jumped around though. But yeah, so she gets started on that, and and um. In the book, she gets started on that in Memphis. But before she makes her little haberdashery in the book, Suge comes to her one day. Mm -hmm. And she tells her, I've met somebody. Yeah, because Grady at this point is left with Squeak. Because Grady immediately started growing uh, uh, cannabis in Memphis. (laughs) That's right, he had a whole pot field. He had a whole pot field. I didn't get touched on enough in the book. It, like, like all this stuff is just not like everything they're doing up in Memphis. They're like this is too wild. This is too wild. So he's growing <laughs> he's pot. pot they're all getting they're high. All sorts of stuff. Because so the bed. Uh, keeps, she's going down. You know she goes down back to Atlanta or wherever to see them. And like she's talking about getting high. She's like <laughs> uh, talking about sleeping with Shug. Like they're doing everything out in the open. Yes. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Yes. I mean, I guess if you're on that farmland and you're back far enough, because I remember I took a class like that in at Mizzou and it was about like, you know, women in India and like how different castes, and it was like ancient, how different castes and different societies and things. And it was like women who lived in the rural areas, mm-hmm. like, and I'm sure this must be true with any kind of marginalized community or not even marginalized, just anything you're trying to keep away from like prying mm-hmm. eyes, people who live in the rural areas get away with that shit because there's no one out there to see you i could see that so if you live on some big old you live on some big old farmhouse in the middle of uh memphis and there's a man who's there sometimes right. growing pot <laughs> and then the other women people are just gonna say that's not oh, my business that's her that's her friend and her husband living with her i get like they're not yeah. gonna question it yeah um but it's just interesting that all this is in the book like all these you know radical yes. ways of living and the movie's like uh-uh mm-mm. especially when you said mm-hmm. in the first one that they came out so close together and she oh, i don't know actually no did she i know i looked it up i think she did have a hand or have some kind of she had a she, yes she originally mm-hmm. wrote it and then they got mm-hmm. someone else but she had like some kind of approval it wasn't like they went and did the screenplay completely independent of her i see yeah so but yeah but in the book um in that scene like should kind of gets and i kind of think it was necessary but um Celie kind of gets her heart broken because suge finds a 19 year old she's got right. what, 60 she does yeah she's like i'm 60 he's 19 and it's it's just it's so interesting because again like it reads like something that could have been in 2022 like the way that this relationship like ebbs and flows Mm-hmm. And how she was like, you know, I'm bi. Like, we're kind of in an open thing. She's like, you know, I love you. 
And she's like, but and this, I know he's going to hurt me. And I know he's going to hurt me. This is the last time I'm going to be able, I'm going to have the stamina to be <laughs> with a youngin. So she's like, just let me have one last fling. And Celie's like, you know, she gets it. She's like, I can't, I got to let her be free. But man, my heart, like <laughs> Celie's like, you know. And I, I think it was kind of good because I think it shows that it's not just you know, her leaving Mr. with Suge uh-huh. to be with Suge. Uh-huh. I think it was, she kind of does some self-reflection on her own. She makes more pants. She makes them, yep. She's making she makes pants for everyone. Pants. Odessa, Sophia. And it's nice. <laughs> it, I actually thought it was sweet because every time she's making pants, she kind of talks about why she's making the pants for that yeah. person. And I was like, this is weird, but sweet. Like, this is a nice really way, sweet. yeah, to get to know these characters a little better. Because I think the one that really got me was she, was she was talking about James because uh-huh. James loves all the kids, so she's like he needs a bunch of that was really so cute, candy yeah, and little toys in. Mm. I was like that's sweet. yeah, but yeah, but she's kind of off on her own, and I think she comes like she is hurt and she's heartbroken, but she it feels like she she becomes she gets over it. She's not weakened by it. Her she's not like it's not like she left Mister to go with Shug, yeah. and then Suge left her, and she's like destroyed by it she finds like some strength in herself like, oh. yeah mm-hmm. and i thought it was really it was really good yeah yeah we don't get that in the movie we get the tyler perry scene <laughs> yes yes we'll get to that but uh in the book like years and years pass and they're just kind of you know she's coming into her own her pants are making money like she takes over her uh family home she learns the truth about uh quote unquote pa who uh uh was a shyster yeah um and her parents and what happened there uh she takes over the store she keeps the white man but she puts sophia in charge (laughs) that's i like that detail but she's really like become well to do like again we were talking about like Mm -hmm. these are not we keep saying they're poor. They don't seem. They that don't poor. seem that poor. Yeah. She owns a dry goods shop now. Yeah, and her pants are doing well. Like they're like yeah. everybody's wearing Celia's pants. Yeah. So she's got two businesses. <laughs> she's got two streams of income. And probably a bit another big departure and something I hadn't remembered, but I actually at first I was annoyed, but then I actually ended up liking it. Um, was Mister and how he's treated. Uh, with the, how he deals with this curse, essentially. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he's suffering. Molly. He's, he's suffering. suffering. It starts out he's down and out in both. He's laid on the ground. Chickens running all over him. <laughs> all the kids are gone. Like house is a mess. Um, his father has that great, great line where he comes in. Everything's a mess. He's like, you know what you need, a woman. I love. <laughs> he's just like, bye, pop. He's like, just get out of here. And so he essentially like um, releases the rest of the letters and helps in the background Nettie Mm -hmm. with her immigration issue, get it back into the States. And that is kind of what turns his life around. But I thought it was actually really interesting in the book that there are all these interactions because, you know, they're living their lives. Like she comes back, she's singing, you know, they're getting old together and Mister's still there, and he's with Celie, yeah. and they have a lot of conversations about what happened, and, and, their and their marriage, and how he treated her, and it comes to, I don't know if Celie does necessarily, but the book 
gets kind of close to something to forgiveness for this character, um, mm-hmm. which I just thought was very interesting and in keeping with the themes of the book, even though it was like not, it felt satisfying at the end, even though at first I was like, fuck this guy, like let him lay there, let them chicken shit on him. I think, I think he did a good job kind of doing that. I think he had his redemption uh-huh. and he comes and he actually asks Celie, like, can we have our marriage again? Can we try, you know, being married for uh-huh. real? He doesn't say it like that. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's like, can we try being husband wife again? Um, and I think at this point it's fair to say Celie is a lesbian. She's not interested right. in men. Um, and she's like, no, I, I don't like men. I, I don't want to mar- be married uh-huh. to you but we can be yeah. friends. And he, he does. That. And he like really think... is the first one outside of Shug to talk about her, you know, being a lesbian and her sexual feelings and really like listen and be like, oh shit, okay. And that was interesting for that character to have that, those conversations with her, I thought. So I agree. He probably did deserve to be left in the chickens. <laughs> for them all just at the end to just after they get done playing hand clap, they just stomp him, but... <laughs> But I think in the book, in the movie, he just kind of silently works in the background. Celie sees yeah. that he's the one, he's like there when, when Nettie shows up. And that's the only, rec- the only acknowledgement movie Celie yeah. has. Yeah. But in the book, it's definitely, again, more radical. Like, mm-hmm. they talk through it. They like, she doesn't necessarily forgive him. But like you said, he gets that redemption. He gets rid of the curse. Yes. <laughs> She's like, okay, fine. I'll take the curse off your stink ass. I'll let you sleep in your house without the chickens. Right. So I just want to touch on, we've only mentioned it once and he's such a small character, but old mister, every time he opened his mouth, I was like, damn it, I love this character. He's always talking <laughs> shit. He comes in yelling, like yelling at a, yelling for, for mister. He's telling him like, you gotta uh-huh. get yourself together. You gotta get a woman. And as, even as he's leaving, he's like, get these damn chickens and put them in the coop. <laughs> he's just yeah. nothing. He's treating, like everyone kind of tells him like shut the hell up and he just yeah. don't he just keeps he just don't he just keeps going he's like i'm an old man built in an age when old men thought they were the shit and i'm gonna keep talking and right telling you what i've got to say and there's like just voice. so much yeah because it's it's interesting too um a lot of what Seely and um uh albert talk about you know in this scene <laughs> is like uh how they both love Suge and how uh-huh. Suge loves both of them. And uh-huh. it's like a very free love kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, you get this sense that, you know, Suge, what did she say? Uh, when she, they say, uh, did you love Mr. She's like, I have what you call affection for him. <laughs> um, but you see like a lot of their issues started when old Mr. wouldn't let them be together. I think yeah. because of, I think it was a colorism thing, at least in the book. He does uh, say she's black as tar. Like he's, he mentions it a couple times. Yeah. And her reputation. I think it's a little of both. Yeah. And I think there's something with the sisters being light skinned. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, he's real light. Like him and yeah. Squeak are like really light skinned. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so it's like all this stuff kind of flowing from him. And, you know, there's no redemption for that character, but <laughs> he is funny, also, at least in the movie. I do also like. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's good. But he, I like his voice too. He was apparently that was what he was known, um, was for his like his voice. He had a very signature voice, that baritone. So, but I was also I also liked how 
Um, Seely learns that Mister likes to sew. Yeah. And so she gives him some needle and thread, and they and sew they together. sew together. It's it's again, it's a very like like redemption for him, and the book looks like something that you would think is modern. He learns to sew. He accepts that his wife has moved on and is, you know, is uh, living with the woman that he loved. He helps out with the immigration thing. He accepts his mm-hmm. son. In the in the movie, it's just like he gives the letters and, you know, he walks. Yeah, one thing. yeah, he walks behind him in the sunset or whatever. But in the book, he has to radically change who he is mm-hmm. in order to get rid of this curse. Yes, he works a lot harder yeah. in the book than he does. Yeah, and he has to learn to take care of himself. Yes. Probably, and it probably goes back to like, you know, he probably is cleaning house and doing all mm-hmm. those other things. Or was that, Har- I'm mixing up with Harpo. Harpo's the one who likes cleaning house. Yeah, Harpo like cleaning house. I also like how he just stands, uh, Mr. just stands sadly outside. <laughs> like, was he on his way somewhere? Yeah. It's like, uh, where were you stands- going, sir? Standing sadly outside of Seely's shop. <laughs> just and I think it was it may have even been raining. I was like, oh that's pathetic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're they're living their lives, they're growing. Um <laughs> Shug's uh little boyfriend, she lets him go, he goes to college. <laughs> and oh, she goes on home. I know, it's like you think, oh, he's gonna run around, he's gonna cheat on her, and she's like, No, it's just this this ran its course and he's going on to college. He's going to live his life now. Yeah. Shug was very, and that's why I get so mad. Like I thought about it some more since we recorded. Uh huh. And like that movie scene just makes me so mad because yes. it's so an- antithetical. I don't know if I use that word correctly, but it's so um, against her character. Yeah. So opposite of what she's supposed to be. Yes. I know we talked about it a little bit, but I think we could get in it now. Cause so, so all that is from the book versus yes. in the movie where they're singing, they're at a uh, Harpo's uh, juke joint. On a Sunday morning. <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Yeah. On a Sunday morning. They just never went to bed. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, they all look pretty fresh, though, and at this point, they are got to be close to 70. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, y'all got up at, at 8 o'clock right. to go to the juke joint right. on a Sunday morning? Because they're singing in the church, and they sing it loud. Yeah, because y'all should not be competing. And I don't know who this girl is singing in the church. Like, I don't know if that was supposed to be her daughter or what. Like, it's just somebody they keep pushing in on the camera, and she's singing real loud. I just figured like the director, like she had, she was somebody, I don't even think it had to do with the story. I think mm-hmm. she is some singer that uh, was a pretty good singer or something. And this was a moment of exposure. Uh, like, yes, this is her, like Lauren Hill and Sister X. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Uh-huh. So they're, they're jamming at the juke joint and the people, and it's really the old ladies in the, the pews that are like, sing. I can't remember what song they told me sing like, that song. Uh, God's trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they start, they start singing so loud that the people at the juke joint can hear them. And Suge stops. She stops. She looks up. She's like, oh, oh. And her whole character right there is changed. Right. Just twist right out of her. And she starts singing gospel, and the whole band follows her. Yeah. And they just storm the church. They just walk and out of church. And she's breaking it down. 
It's like when the um the crack addicted mother in Diary it, of a Mad Black exactly, Woman. Exactly. <laughs> exactly like that scene. She's singing and singing. And she comes up, and this is where we learn. Oh, and the pastor's all moved uh-huh. because, like, God is trying to tell you something. Uh-huh. God is trying to tell you something. And like, she sings, and she sings her final note. And the pastor comes down, and they hug. They cry. And she's like, "See, Daddy." I didn't remember what she said because I was so. She's like, "Even said her something." Yeah. Can you say? Yeah, something like that. And it's like, oh, sugar, what they do to you? Yeah, that was that was probably the biggest disappointment. And I think we talked about it a little bit how, like. It goes against what she was saying, like in her relationship with men. It goes with her against her what she was saying about her ideas with the religion. It just it's completely, completely against like this character that they've they've built up. Mm-hmm. Why do you think the screenwriters? Because it wasn't in the book. It is so wildly against her character. Why do you think the screenwriters felt they had to add it in? Well, think about it. Otherwise, you have a um, uh, spiritually polytheistic, queer, uh, self-made woman who decides that she's totally okay just by herself doing what she loves and that that in and of itself is worthy of everyone's love, including God's love mm-hmm. versus, oh, she needs to be brought back into the fold and everything's okay yes. and we can all compromise. Like religion. Yeah, by organized religion and yeah, family. we can you know you can give a little bit too if I give a little bit, and that's not yeah right. that's not what what her character was about. But I that's what I keep going back to. It's like the a lot of the themes of the book, I think, were purposely challenging to what how people thought like black women should be living, even in the eighties. Even though this book is like in the forties and the thirties. Um, even in the 80s, I think yeah. that they were like, well, people are going to struggle with this message. It might be a little bit too far, Shug. You better go back in. You better go yeah. back into that church. You're too radical. <laughs> we can't have any of these lesbian hijinks. <laughs> <laughs> you better get back in there and get right with your daddy. Oh, like, I'm this married woman now. I'm uh-huh. a married woman. I should don't care. Should sure don't care. Shug's trying, trying to get her. She's filled out college oh, applications. Boy. Yeah. With her 19-year-old boyfriend. Uh, but yeah, and so after that, I feel like it's a little scene, but the next big scene is mm-hmm. Mr. pulling some strings, mm-hmm. and they're all on this porch. <laughs> it's so funny in the movie compared to the book, because they're driving in this car, and I'm like, are they carrying banners? What's all this fabric yeah, about? Yeah, there's all this fabric. There's like all these butlers standing with like tea and stuff. It's like, who were they, who were they waiting for? And then they get out and they stand at the end of the driveway, like the family from us. (laughs) And everyone's like, who is that? Yeah. They go down and who is it, Molly? It's, it's a little dumpty woman. It's, it's Nettie. It's, it's modern day Nettie. It's grown Nettie. It's someone who looks exactly like child they Nettie. Did such a, they did such a good to the job. Point, I thought they put baby powder in her hair or something. I was like, what? That ain't the same girl. They did amazing. Yeah, they really did. For I someone had who was in the movie for 
13 and a half seconds. They yes. did a good job. I mean, but the casting director, okay, Whoopi, Danny, uh, Oprah, <laughs> uh, I, everybody, everybody. Um, the, the casting director was good on this. They were on their game. The casting was on it. Especially considering, like, at the time, I think I touched on this, they weren't names. Yeah. They weren't big names. Yeah. Like, but yeah, they, somebody spent, they had, they took some time, like, we need to find our perfect mm-hmm. Nettie. Mm-hmm. And they did. And, and Nettie comes up and they, like, hug. In the book, it's a little bit more sitcom. <laughs> like, yeah, they fall down. They hug. They fall down, and she's like, "This is my husband Samuel," and she's like, "These are uh-huh. my folks." And it's almost like the audience, the audience laughs, and then it's the end of yeah. The I, I like I like the book better than the play hand clap, though. I think um, don't they they do hand they don't hand clap in the book, right? I can't remember, but it just it stands out so much to me. Like the play hand clap, and I'm like, okay, we get it. I, get I did it. think it was weird for like two women who are probably in their mid sixties. Yeah. To be like, you haven't seen each other for years. You're going to go back to, I, it worked for the movie. I was like, okay, I'll give it to you for the movie. Even when like, uh, uh, Mistress throwing Nettie off as a child and she's like doing the hand clap and stuff. And I'm like, okay, girl run. <laughs> Celie, you run too. Shit. Um, yeah, I do think I, I, it, I get what they were doing. They're like, we need to call back. I thought them being sisters was enough of a. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pointing enough. But um, I also like seeing Tashi and Adam. Uh-huh. I'm so dumb. I don't know why I was shocked that they couldn't speak English. I was too, though. I was too, like, when they had, when they had access, I was like, oh, shit, that does make sense. No, that makes the sense. Since I got, but I'm like. Why wouldn't they know some English? They might have like, known some oh. English. Because if it was like a Christian missionary school, I don't think they, they would have. I don't think they would. I don't think the Christian missionaries were over there teaching them in native languages. I don't think they were very concerned about that. Right. Right. I feel like I, if, the, if anything, it should be like, no, you're going to learn, you know, the white man's mm-hmm. English. So, so I don't know why I was shocked. But yeah, so they meet. She meets her children. It's very cute. Cute is the wrong word. It's very sweet. It's very heartwarming. Mm -hmm. She gets to meet her children. She gets her Mm -hmm. sister back. And it's like, and now her family, like she has all these, she's surrounded by all these people she's collected Mm -hmm. in her life. And she's, she feels like a whole person. She's come Mm -hmm. into her own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the color purple. That's the color purple. We did a really, like, I feel like I could talk forever about little things. Yeah. We did it justice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a whole subplot with Daddy getting married to Samuel. I know. But I just we don't need to that. that. I thought it was kind of silly. Yeah. I was like, wasn't and, he kind of like your daddy, though? Like, that's kind of weird, but whatever. And then, and then like, Nettie having to show Corrine her stomach to prove she never gave birth. And then Corrine was like, well, I haven't given birth either, so I don't know what. And she's like, I thought maybe you could suck it back in. I didn't know what was going on in all that scene. And then they were like, and then she died. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh. Okay. And like Tashi and then like they kind of alluded it was of a broken heart yeah. or a loss of faith. And then they ran off and they found the 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 tribe of women or something, the people. Oh, I forgot there, about like, the hidden people. There were a lot of other things that happened with these Olina. <laughs> we <laughs> that I just didn't have time. the time 
Dear listener. Dear listener. Nor honestly, the will. Because the patient. I, <laughs> I got what Walker was trying to say. Col- colonialism is bad. And there was there was some interesting stuff there too about Nettie thinking about Christianity that paralleled mm-hmm. uh, Shug's message about, I don't know what you would call this, animism? I don't know what you would call that kind of nature-based. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's that's a good word. That's what I thought animism was. It's when you believed that even non-human or non-things that aren't alive yeah. have a souls and have souls. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, it was, it was radical takes on like Christianity and then religious beliefs as a whole. And I thought that those dovetailed yeah. nicely. But uh, yeah, it, it would take a theologian to put the vocab that I don't have to go through it. And we we can't even touch the whole original white man was the first white man to know he was a white man. I, I, I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I remember reading that. Um, like I could, I could imagine in my mind's eye, Mister being like, "Oh, okay, uh huh." <laughs> when Celie was trying to tell, because that's how I looked. I was like, "Okay, Celie, uh, all right, yeah, okay." That's that's when the book felt the most eighties. <laughs> like this is of a time. Yes, and that was it. Yes, uh, Tashi and Adam and. Running, running away, away and, yeah yeah there's a there's lot. a lot so please don't be mad that we skipped over that part but so i see i could keep on going about grady i just thought he was funny <laughs> grady and uh squeak and panama and then she comes back and she's like i'm not gonna hide no more i'm done with that oh yeah because she's like i was getting high too i was getting much. high too much <laughs> about that they came back and they had to like help her dry out Sophia making amends with the white girl because yes, uh, and the white girl's baby and the white girl's baby everybody bringing Henrietta yams I actually thought that was pretty funny I thought that shit was oh, pretty funny actually the and they were like well she white so she got all those kitchen gadgets so she can hide the yams yeah. better yeah cause she had sickle cell <laughs> they never say it straight mm-hmm. out but they allude she has sickle cell and that the Africans said eat yams and it'll help. Yeah, I was like, how does that? That doesn't seem. But I wasn't gonna fight it. I was like, I don't know, Daniel. You don't have sickle cell anemia. You don't know how to. Maybe you do eat yams. So there was there was a lot. And you are really good because I forgot about all those things. You know what? If I read something because I read it this time, it's like stuck in my mind like a vice. I can remember like to where the words on the page were. I was saying this to Frank. I was like, not everybody can do this. Like if I read a sentence, it's like, it just, the, the ups and downs of the letters and shit just stick in my mind. <laughs> Cause I forgot all about those. Like, yeah, it was funny. The baby crawling all on Henrietta. She had the, the two like surrogate sisters coming together. and mm-hmm. Sophia, you know, coming to terms, coming to peace with her place in life. Them getting back together, her and Harpo, her and getting, Harpo back getting back together. I didn't see that coming. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's radical and everything, including forgiveness, you know? Yeah. Like, I watched that, what is it, uh, Thug Literature? Have you ever seen that? It's a YouTube. Oh, Thug, Thug Notes. Notes. Yes. Yes, I did watch the I did one. too. And he was talking about the reception and people saying that this was an anti-male book. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, <clears throat> I like to point that it wasn't anti-male. He's like, no, it's, it's how, you know, this toxic patriarchy hurts everyone, including men. Yes. And so yes. I feel like the book is radical in that it forgives like even the most heinous, Mm-hmm. Well, not the most heinous, because I still think that's Pa and uh, Millie. But even, yeah. like, someone... And Pa's And Pa's dead. So. Even someone as heinous as Mr. can be redeemed when he lets go mm-hmm. of that toxicity, when he lets go of, like, what old Mr. has conditioned him to believe he should be as a man. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they just, they're like... I, I guess the movie, it was too much. Either too much, too... <laughs> They didn't have the time. They didn't think the audience would be there. But then again, it's like, well, if the book was so popular, like, yeah. I, I don't know. They kept all the stuff that was individual. So Seely's struggles, mm-hmm. Seely's overcoming things, Seely's redemption, anything that hints to systemic. They're out of there. They kind of it's shot out away of there. from them. Even, yeah. even that lady fucking on the boat, the white lady, the English lady with the black grandson. Yeah. And she's talking about wars coming. They're like, what you mean? She's like, big old, big old uh, road coming down. And she's like, explaining World War One happened. Did you hear about that? Yeah. World War Two happened. I it was World War Two. No, nope, because she says, oh, yeah. yeah, she's like, oh, I missed the first war. Now World War Two's coming right. up. And it's like all That's this stuff right. going on. In, you know, there's just a lot going on in this book. That stuff really did stick. I forgot about her, too. <laughs> so... So Molly, do you think this book, I was going to say, what was the question I was, I was like, do you think, why do you think The Color Purple has remained, I kind of called it the Black Girl Classic, because I feel like there was that whole thing, like when Elizabeth Banks called out Steven Spielberg for like never directing a female movie, and I think The Color Purple does really kind of hold an important place for especially like Black women. Mm -hmm. I have friends who quote it, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a, people use the, the gifts and the memes, it's kind of a cultural thing. In your mind, why do you think The Color Purple has resonated so much with, like, Black readers? I think it's... That's a heavy question. Yeah. You don't want to answer it. No. That's a really good question. I think it's twofold. I think with the book, I think the book really is something beautiful and something really special. And I think Mm -hmm. it stands out um, from... It's just, it's kind of standing on its own in the way it's talking about some of these issues like I said, in the way it asks you to think about uh, sexuality and God and forgiveness and all these things that honestly, like when I was reading, I was like, oh shit, I never thought about this that way. Or I never thought about that that way. Mm-hmm. Things that I think like as a society, like you said, we're still thinking through these societal issues. Um, it's just beautifully written. Like it's just, it has such memorable characters. Uh, <laughs> it's just a real gem of a book. The movie's good. Like, the movie is good. Yes. You know, if you take it outside of the book for just its own thing and you just watch it, it's a good movie. I think it's highly quotable. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> obviously, I think it's very satisfying uh, story arc. I think it's very pretty the way it's yes. shot. It has a lot of people who really rose, you know, to prominence or really did a good job, even if it's like, you know, this is the only thing, like, you might know them from, like, old mister. <laughs> oh. And yeah. I think it's just... And then it was on TV, like, all the fucking time. I was going to say, I think the book is pretty radical for, like, when you think of... I mean, it's saying things now... It would that still I think, be radical. 
are still kind of considered radical. And I think it showed black women readers, you know, like there's nothing wrong with living however you want to live, whether that's with a man, without a man, um, you know, taking care of yourself, valuing yourself, putting yourself first. And I think that resonated with a lot of people because I I try to imagine what it must have been like, not just to be black, period, and what the media Mm. landscape was like and like what books were out there talking to you or speaking to you, what movies were out there trying to speak to you and encourage you and say, hey, you, God loves you. He loves mm-hmm. you however you are. He he loves, he wants you to be loved. He wants you to be happy. He Like, that's that's some comforting shit to read. And so even I taking he out of it. That's right. Yeah. I, see, I'm still, my mind is still calm. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's challenging, like, literally, like, even today, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think you were right about the movie. Like, it was just a really good movie. All those people grew, like, they gave great performances. Their careers kind of blew up. I read Don't Cry For Me by Daniel Black. And The Color Purple oh, plays a pretty prominent role in that book. So, I, I really shit. enjoyed that book. I recommend I read it. this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, let me tell you, mm-hmm. most of my reading lately has been audio. And if it mm-hmm. wasn't for audio, I would mm-hmm. have read nothing this year. So... Not nothing, but a lot less. And mm. that's when I did on audio because the narrator was good. And the okay. book is um, all letters. Mm. Like it's just letters from a father to a son. Okay. Okay. And it kind of, and it works. So to, yeah, that works. Now that it's like cooling off. But yeah. I've got my knitting and my crocheting back out. <laughs> Listen, I'm still mad about my inability to knit. <laughs> <laughs> I sit in front of that YouTube video and I'm like, I'm dumb. Oh my goodness. We'll get on, we'll get on. FaceTime or Duo or whatever the fuck it's called now <laughs> and do it because it's, it it's fun it's just like once you figure it out and it's only two stitches so it's like that's that's the easy part but it's holding and the it the wearables are so much cuter some of these kids are coming out with some cute crochet wearables um, but They're it's still it's still heavy yeah um, the stitch the way the stitch is yeah made. and the amount of yarn so it's like you know you get one I'm never going to say this right. Skine. Skine. That's how I think it's pronounced. Yeah. Skine. Skine. I don't fucking know. You get one and it's like crochet. It's done in an instant. Knitting. You can knit on that shit for like days. It's like I make a hat and a scarf and a sweater. And so if you're, if you're a little cheap, then like me. That's a good point. Cause okay. First of all, the only reason I know it's skein is cause I was trying to buy some skein tone. Oh, I got one of those. (laughs) And I wanted to make a poncho. It needed eight. Yeah. At seven dollars a skein. Ooh. I was like, ooh, I could just go buy myself a poncho. <laughs> so yeah. But um anyway. Anyways. Um that's that's our I almost said our coverage, like it was an event. <laughs> that is our episode on the color purple. Mm-hmm. We recommend it. I think it's safe to say. Oh yeah, definitely. I thought it was really, really you, good. I think this is probably one of my somehow haven't seen it. Oh yeah, if you somehow haven't heard. If you're not up on the color purple. <laughs> but I think of the classics. Ooh, okay. Because uh um what's it called? I'm always, always, always gonna love uh their eyes were watching God. But this is yes. like now that I'm an adult reading this, I'm like, this is really, really close. Yeah. I think I still think Beloved might mm-hmm. be Their Eyes Watching God Be- I don't know it's a good three that's a good three there you go that's a trifecta <coughs> of Black Girl Canon mm-hmm. I feel like we need to read another Zora title because she's written some short stories and stuff yeah yeah Wheels, what is it of Wheels and Men is good yeah 
So give our girl some more coverage. Yeah. Or maybe there's another. That's true. We did say we wanted to read some more of the black. Classics. I would love to read like a black classic uh, um, genre. Or what was the other one? The Chinaberry Tree was also really good. Yeah. And he recommended a book. And I think I still have the sample on my Kindle that he said we would love. Yeah. So I think we should check that one out. Okay. Well, we got some things out of work now that we're back. I do also, before we get out of here, mm-hmm. I feel like we cannot morally mm-hmm. do this episode without touching on something. And that is Alice Walker has gotten a bit into the cons- some racist conspiracy theories. Yeah. And I feel like we just have to say that us reading this book, first of all, I don't think she got any money from us. Well, I mean, she did. I bought the copy. Of the, I had the book. Well, I checked it out. I don't know if that counts. Yeah. Uh, but like, from the library. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But like we, this is not us doing the color purple. It's not, we don't want to act like we're ignoring some of the crazy shit she said, nor do we want to act like we are, you know, co-signing Oh Lord, what did she say? I feel like when I said it, my mom was like, "Uh uh-oh. And I was like, I was like, I kind of knew, but then I was like, wait, I'm going to look it up after. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she basically, um, somebody asked her like, what's on her bookshelf and stuff. And she mentioned a book by a British author who's really into like, white replacement theories and like racist anti-semitic stuff like she even like she even said like the book of zion or the the book of elders whatever that racist one is you know the really racist book the scrolls of the uh, the elders of i zion don't know or nothing about it no no <laughs> i only know because i took a class on anesthetic oh. let me see let me look it up i want to be correct i will re i will i will re-answer your question as you know soon. what as I, I think look. it's enough to say I don't know what's going on I don't condone no wild shit yes so basically she's she's <sighs> she's been promoting some anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories it first came out in an interview with the New York Times and then she like keeps she keeps like backing this author who's written a really iffy book so we're not cool with that we're not Mm-mm. down with that so huh that's all we wanted to say okay we didn't i didn't yeah like it, it should was, be said be, yeah because ooh. yeah okay of us to do it without yeah now i'm glad you brought so. that up mm. oh i was talking so yeah zora is still our unproblematic <laughs> she's just out here making a what was she making with uh what's his name <laughs> throwing rip right. parties <laughs> throwing rip parties and uh pissing off um, which one did she piss off? Uh, Elliot? Uh, Harlan? No. The guy who wrote Black oh, Boy. She pissed yes. Him, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, Richard Wright? Right. Richard Wright. My yeah. brain is fucking mush right now. It's okay. Mine is too. <laughs> so, you know, we support pissing off men. So, whoever they are. But I think that's it, guys. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm, we can, I'm overdoing the currently reading, Molly. I feel like it's just us listing titles and... <laughs> I want to do. More I have about no titles reading. to list. What's that? <laughs> I want to do more about like if we talk. I want it to be more about the books we're re- the book we're reading okay. in the episode, and less like. Not that I don't think it's. I don't think I just. I read so many. I yeah, would have to pull okay. out a list. I mean, I think you said the one. Yeah. So and it it linked in. Yeah. Oh, I am. I hope you're proud of me. I am reading The Killing Moon, oh. by N.K. Jemison. Oh, oh. So I'm getting my 
fantasy. I feel like I need to be educated about fantasy because I still don't know how to. Girl, with all the fantasy you've read at this point. But I feel like I don't trust my judgment as to like, because I'll read reviews. Uh huh. And like, they'll talk about like, this is solid world building. This is not solid world building. This was a good magic system. This wasn't a good magic system. And I know enough to like ID those things, uh-huh. like describe the magic system, but I don't know enough to like judge it and say like, that was really solid, a thorough world building. I would say one, really- trust your gut. <laughs> Two, if you want something, another person with, who has not said, prob- who has said so- one big problematic thing. I've brought him up before. <laughs> And is linked to a problematic place, but has a good primer um, that Brandon Sanderson has. He teaches a class at BYU about writing fantasy. Ah, you mentioned this. Yes. Yes. And I think he did like he recorded a bunch of the classes and put them on YouTube. And that is, I think, a really, really good primer on what a lot of these themes mean and what the history means and what a lot of okay. people currently are doing. Okay. I feel like that'd be helpful because I still feel like I don't, and like then, I can judge romance. I do not uh-huh. trust my judgment on a fantasy. They're an interesting listen and it kind of take it, it. Yes. He talks a lot about different influences right now and, you know, how to build these things and what mm-hmm. high and low means and, you know, magic systems, all that stuff. I would say that. And then reading interviews from N.K. Jemison. Okay. Like, because she talks a lot about it, too. Like, the craft of it. Do I have to read Tolkien? Can I, like, I kind of just don't want to. You don't have to do shit. I feel like it's so, it's like, it's so fundamental to the genre. I would say, if you don't want to read Lord of the Rings, read The Hobbit. Okay. Because it's short. It's a kid's book. It's very sweet. It's fun. It's quick. Like, I I read all of them. I didn't read, like, the other one, The Cimmerillion. I, I haven't read that. I heard that one wasn't very good. Oh. Or maybe it was the movie. Maybe I, I'm mixing it up with the movies. Sorry. I think, I think that if you... I think a lot of people are responding to Tolkien at his place. At least, you know, an English-speaking fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and either rejecting it or running toward it or just saying I don't give a shit about this <laughs> um, I think a lot of people are you know you're not going to like this I think a lot of people are doing the same with Harry Potter right now um, <sighs> I know I'm not reading Harry Potter so that's fine I I try listen but I don't think you have to read them I don't think you have to read them I think look at that okay. YouTube and see if you like it because he goes through a lot okay. of it yeah okay cool Really, people are saying about Harry Potter. Twelve year old me tried to read Harry Potter, and I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a wizard at a boarding school. It mm-hmm. just felt so unoriginal. <laughs> yes, yes. Look, look at that because it it does set a really interesting place because it is like okay, it's wizards, but it's just this very old genre of a boarding school book, which is a very yeah. old stuffy type of uh, English type of novel. And a lot of the stuff she just straight up stole. It's like a lot of stuff she stole. If you, uh, this new Game of Thrones spinoff is coming up, uh, Fire and Blood. Yeah. Uh. And it's based on this book telling like the history, the backstory of the Targaryens, all this stuff. And I read that book. It's fine. But you know what? 
a lot of that shit is just stolen from the Tudors. Like a lot of that shit is just the War of the Roses. Uh, Henry and his his wow. mess. So it's like you know if you kind of liked it, go go read some of that and then expand again out of you know just Europeans. But it's like you know if you like some of those things in fantasy, it's like oh, it's just stealing from a lot of English history. This. <laughs> A lot of history of early Christianity. It might interest you to read some of that. And so now a lot of people, like N.K. Jemison, like Nettie Akolfor, like um, Children of Blood and Bone are saying, okay, but what about Africa? Because that's like a big, big big-ass continent with a whole bunch of religions and a whole bunch of history, like, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Marlon James. James. Yep, yep. So it's like... It has a. I think you'll. I think you'll like it. I think that's a good starting point. Um, but I did say like I think I know. Like I'll read. Like I like reading Marlon James. I like. I really like N.K. Jemison, and I read um R.F. Quang, and I mm. like reading that. It's just like if I have to sit down and read The Lord of the Rings or or just any of this like uh fair haired white skinned elves and a and you know hairy ruddy. I can't yeah. do it. I don't no, want to do it. I don't. So. I don't think you have to read any of it. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. For I don't think you have to read anything ever. <laughs> Just read what makes you happy. You know? I know, but I was like, I wanted to get a good fantasy education. So yeah, like... start with that YouTube. I think he does a really good cool. job. Yeah. Awesome. I've really been expanding out of my genre. Like I still read a lot of the romance, but I've been having fun reading outside other genres. I really want to get into horror. Ooh, yeah. So yeah. If we could find a we did, we did, um, Terramani. Huh? What's her name? Terry Dew. Dew. The Dream House, yes. right? No, the not Dream, the dream house, the house. No. Something House. Yeah. I said Turner House. That's a totally different book. <laughs> so I would That one was good. I want another, this. yeah. There was that one that I started reading, The Witching Something. Ooh, I think that one might be good. Okay. I'm, Cause I it's kind of horror, horror fantasy. Yeah. Okay. I'll send it to you. I never finished it, but it, it was good. It was really freaky. Okay. I am game, especially for October. Spooky yeah. season. Ooh, okay. Uh, so before we wrap up, we would like to thank our patrons, Allie, Brianna, Catherine, Claire, Ellen, Erica, Frank, I Found This Great Book Podcast, Jennifer, Kat, Lauren, Martel, Montara, Nolia, Ruth, mm-hmm. and Therese. Thank you for your support. It's what helps keeps us going. And we yes. love that you all are here cheering us on. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us. us Molly? <laughs> Sorry. Follow us on Twitter at Black Chick Lit, on Instagram at BCL Podcast, or you can visit us at Black Chick at BlackChickLit.com. Uh, if you have questions or comments, you can send them over to contact at Black, BlackChickLit.com. I really wish that I could speak. It's okay. It's late. You, you did great <laughs> speaking for the whole first hour and 30 minutes of this podcast. You're doing great. And my thoughts like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> um, as always, rate, review, and subscribe. It helps others find the podcast. So. Yes, and we might be, your, your girls might be featured soon. <laughs> they might. They had a pissed off certain art <laughs> If I If they finally got my eyebrows and mouth in the right place. <laughs> Uh, 
and I think that's it, guys. We are really we're looking really looking forward to being back, and we're gonna see you next month. Yeah, with a different pick. See you next month for spooky season. No, Ooh. next month is September. You know what? It sure is. So <coughs> usually we do a kids book. So maybe we'll do a middle grader. We'll see. You know, yeah. us. we'll figure. I would it out. like we'll to say know. one thing. I'd like to say because when we started this podcast, I remember we were talking about Juneteenth. I remember both saying Juneteenth should be a bigger, more recognized holiday. And, and look at it. And look at it now. So yeah. if we have power over federal holidays, I would just like to say that I'm starting to see it's uh, late August now, mid-August, and I'm starting to see a lot of Halloween stuff come up. And that's fine. I like fall, you know, like I think another black chiclet classic white people can't have everything so you know (laughs) fall is not just for white girls all that stuff but i would like to propose that before we get into all the pumpkins and shit we just take some time to appreciate corn we take some time to appreciate (laughs) sweet corn grilled corn corn (laughs) po like corn torch all the corn we take time in september to appreciate and love on corn so, not spooky season, but corn season. Corn season. Molly, you've never sounded more like a Midwestern girl. I don't care. I had some corn the other day. I ate it raw. <laughs> it was good. I had not a lick of butter, not nothing on it. It's just corn is delicious. It needs, corn is more delicious than pumpkin. So, you know, give me at least two weeks. While they're harvesting all this corn to enjoy it, to live with it, before we get into the pumpkin season, that's it. I'm gonna piggy. I'm gonna piggyback off that and say, stop cheating me out of late mm. summer because you know what corn is great at a late summer barbecue. Right? It's hot. It was like a hundred and four degrees. <laughs> I don't need a cardigan <laughs> or a hot drink. Okay. We'll get there. But now, let me enjoy my biker shorts and my cord. <laughs> Thank you. My stomach hurts. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is going to be, I don't think we've ever signed off on such a note, but I am so proud of it on that note. I'm saying speak what you would like to see into existence. Bye guys. Enjoy your corn and your biker shorts. Enjoy your corn and your biker We'll see see you next time for corn season. (laughs) Bye. Bye.